This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's like my dreams out of reach. This pain and all this grief. If you see God and you have to speak. Tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain. You're on Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Yo, what's going on? That's right, we are back. We are back. Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. We've been talking about four elements of hip-hop, and, and, and we've been talking about it various times. Uh, with different MCs and 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 you know with different breakers, we, had, we met with you know Man of God, Jarius, and then we um, talked with some DJs, you know, Rock On, uh, DJ Ruckus, and now we're talking about graffiti writers, graffiti, uh, the 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 taggers, the bombers, and typically, uh, uh, you know, there's sometime sometime uh, 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 a debate on which element may have started first, right? Bombers simply say. Graffiti writers started first, right? And then as far as the primary element of, of, of hip hop in different ways. So today we're talking about what is the culture of, of, of graffiti writing? What is the culture of, of taggers and, and, and the world that oftentimes may not necessarily be fully understood, but yesterday I really believe, I really appreciate it. And so my hosts, uh, who are typically with, with us, uh, uh, Ruckus and, and, um, Pastor Jay, I gave them a break. You know what I'm saying? They got PTO. Give them a, you know, a PTO day, you know, uh, on the radio. Uh, but being able to uh, come back with us and a little bit, a little bit later. But our, our guests on the show are great friends of mine who are great artists themselves. Um, and they're going to break down and talk through about this culture, about even the styles. What are different styles? Maybe you're an artist yourself and um, you're just getting started. Or maybe you've been around for a minute. But I want you to uh, – we may have a surprise guest who may just bomb the show – uh, improv uh, a little bit later on. Uh, so right now I want to introduce, and I want you to describe a little about yourself. So I'll just say your name and then just tell, introduce yourself and give us a, a dossier so we can break, 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 uh, break down this this uh, this culture. Right now I want to introduce Lavi Raven. Lavi, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank uh, my you name is Lavi Raven, and uh, you know I'm a graffiti writer. Uh, first was a rapper. Um, tried my tried my hand and my head and a little bit of breaking to support my young people. And um, basically, I've been a graffiti writer uh, for 38 years. Wow. I started when I was 13 years old. Uh, and uh, fortunately, my parents were an active uh, part of the uh, Black Power community uh, here in Chicago and the Hebrew Israelite activist community. Mm. So also, my life was intertwined with communal activism and and doing illegal works. Um, presently, uh, I am, a, a, you know, high school, I've been a high school teacher uh, for 27 years. I teach English and social studies. And fortunately, I've been blessed in my social studies departments with being able to teach hip hop activism classes mm. and the history of hip hop and develop curriculum for that. Um, and essentially, I just, uh, we, uh, we, we, we kind of have a, a vision in our crew and the dojo that we came up with, 
uh, where it's based on two things in the Spray Brigade crew, which was founded by Zora 64. The first was that like graffiti writing is uh, a continuation of the, the lineage of illuminated script, uh, which has existed uh, throughout humanity since writing was created. Yeah. Um, and then the second is uh, like uh, community based bombing and that we have done uh, a variety of community sanctioned works which may not be understood or sanctioned by the authorities, but are supported and loved by the neighborhood because of creating a conscientious relationship with them. So that's just a little basic background. And you're going out tonight at 11 o'clock. We can't say where right now, but (laughs) community base. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, uh, uh, Raven. We want to get more into that too and understand, how many people understand the the context uh, of it all uh, versus it just, Versing understanding at it. Another good friend of mine who also graffiti artist, muralist, uh, visual artist, creator, developer, cr- builder. Uh, um, now, Phil, we can build this like this and create this this way. You know how to work us all. Uh, <laughs> and it's worked uh, a lot with a lot of young people to inspire their art and the gift of their own uh, art and recognize it as such. Um, to move forward. Uh, our good friend is on staff here at the firehouse is our lead artist, artist in residence, Heyman Cross. Heyman, give it up. Give it up. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Um, yep, Heyman Cross the third. I I um as an artist, you know, I've been I'm a child of hip hop. You know, I'm a child of hip hop. Um and graffiti. Um, as a practice, you know, in the communities that I grew up in and that I participate has had a huge impact on my style and my approach Mm. and how I do community work. You know, Um, hip hop is uh, an amazing force. It's a lifestyle. Um, It has impacted the world. Um, It seems like it's impacted history, (laughs) you know, like it can be connected to this approach to the culture um, and connection in a way that goes back, you know, before you even called it hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and and I and I love that, and I think as a black as a black man in America, um, and as a black artist, you know, I just see the value of being a street artist and being able to change your environment with your own expression, with your own style, your own color. Mm-hmm. You know, your own words, you know, it's valuable and it it impacts culture in a way that, you know, I, I don't know. It's just I've lived. I'm a part. I, I was born in this, you know, and it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so I love it. You know, I love it. And it continues to give graffiti, street art, this culture um, that is, is, is central to, I think, you know, uh, us hanging on and mm-hmm. making it together. Yeah. We need this hip hop. We we need this type of energy. Yeah, yeah, it's essential. So you know, I feel honored to be here with Lavi. I've known Lavi for several years now, and we've crossed paths in, in the same alleys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, same with Phil, who who's always been about you know providing this hip hop culture and this approach, this this perspective to to community. Um, he's give he's put us he's helped put us on. You know, so. You know, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm glad to, to know both of you as brothers in this work and um and, and pushing the envelope some more. So so both of you guys break down to me so that folks folks, you know, folks may understand graffiti by way of 
Um, a, I'm frustrated by seeing it on this billboard. I'm trying to get on this highway and I don't know which one to go because somebody got up on the, on, on the marker thing. And I thought it was 290, but now it's looking like 280. I don't know what they didn't tag or B appreciating that. Like you see a wall that's like, yo, that's really nice. Um, and maybe not understand even there's messages that are in there. Like you were talking about earlier, uh, lobby how it's beginning of time. Our messages were, were done in that way, even from caveman days, right. In that context. So, what would you say to help people understand um, the inception of, uh, of 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 graffiti writing? I mean, people go back to Cornbread uh, back in the day. A guy named Cornbread Daryl, who considered to be the first graffiti writer in Philadelphia, who really was tagging his name and "I love this girlfriend," this name of this girl, and began to like it and began to just do it all over Philadelphia. Is to be considered um, the first graffiti. Are, uh, artists in that in that way, everybody can probably claim a particular person in an area, but it's always those who get the pen first who can say that, right? But in the context of that, help people understand the culture, um, uh, the value of why it's, it's significant uh, within that culture um, in a broader scope and in, in, in a smaller scope. Just give the lay of the land. People may think they understand about hip hop through rhyming or through DJing or through breaking, but this gives some information, insight uh, to the culture of, of, of graffiti writing and bombing. I'm trying to figure out how to do this with brevity. <laughs> uh, the first thing, right, that's a big question. The first thing I think to recognize is that every element of hip hop existed um, for thousands of years before it amalgamated in the inner city when young people took on these arts to make a world around them when no world, they weren't allowed to contribute to the world around them and they weren't being nurtured mm. in those inner city marginalized communities. So, you know, rap music is simply spoken word and that goes back all the way. And then, you know, if we look at the dozens for the African-American community, we're, it goes back to, to, to West Africa and it goes back to the slave ships and it goes back to the Dolomite runs. Graffiti writing as my, uh, First of all, we know that writing has been around forever, but as my elders described it, even the word rap, you know, rhythm and poetry, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that there's really nothing. If you pull out a Dolomite rhyme from 70 years ago, it is comp it actually is probably better than some of the mumble <laughs> rappers that are out here, but it has all of the syllabic distribution, all of the rhythm and their battle yeah. rhymes, right? And it's about, and it, so, but getting back to writing, what I, elders has explained to me is that Everyone was actually doing graffiti in the 50s and 60s, mm. but no individual was deciding to do it in a replicated fashion where their name would be seen over and over. Uh, so elders have told me in Chicago, you could have walked around the 50s and 60s and people are writing their names. They're writing, I love you. They're writing so-and-so and so-and-so, -and -so, but it took particular individuals like cornbread or a talkie 183 to be like, wait a minute, I can actually do kind of a repeated stamp. I can uh, keep writing this. And then it actually, other young people see it and it becomes a tangible uh, opportunity to put your name up in a place where no one is really recognizing you. And then the other contributor to this evolution is the gang culture of the sixties and seventies, which is the Brown gangs that were created after in response in particular to the Polish, Italian and the uh, European descendant gangs that were mm. dominating the high schools at that time. When brown migration was happening into the uh, into urban areas, um, these were 
there there was a, a kind of a new problem with these N words showing up, whatever background they are, and they created their own ESME. As communities were decimated and raised by urban planning, by uh, highway building, um, you know, uh, Moses in New York, um, you could look at that across the nation. Uh, as those things began to happen, uh, communities began to be more isolated economically and children were completely marginalized in those spaces. And the only thing that they could create was gain culture for survival and communality, even though it was a destructive mm. culture. And what the history has told us is that out of New York, and you could look at Ghetto Brothers as the essential text, which really was only brought out, like, I think, 2012, which talks about the history of the game, the, the warriors, like the warriors was uh, a fictional representation of that culture. Yeah. Everyone had a representative in their game that wrote their that name or several representatives who wrote the name as hip hop began to as the arts of hip hop began to develop. And the Ghetto Brothers in particular and gang culture began to change with gang truces Mm -hmm. and uh, with young people really empowering themselves with political action. Then there's a transmutation into like, I'm not representing my gang, I'm representing my crew. So those gangs suddenly become localized crews under this mantle of hip hop as hip hop is evolving. And then, then we are, and we're, so we're talking 67 mm. to about 73 mm. when all of that is going down and then we receive it. So then the films are made about right. it. First, the documentary film like Star yeah. Wars yeah. and then the fictional films. And so that's what we all received when we were 10 to 15 it years really- old. And it's this dream, this dream utopia of just writing and going crazy. Wow. 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 So What's the evolution? Like even in your own your own story, in your own story to him, and like like when somebody sees that, I don't know when your first time when you saw it, right? Or or um, maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you just started right away. What was that? In, what was that inspirational move? Like you talk to runners, people who run. I can't stand running, so I'll never get there. But they talk about a, a runner's high, right? There, a runner's high when they run, they're like, "Oh man, I'm in a zone." Like, was there something that I mean, in the depth of that, that where you are now, 38 years, 40 years in it, like this said, yo, this is me. This is feeding me. Like we always talk about, like hip hop is who you yeah, yeah. hip hop is who you are, right? Rap is what you do. But break that part down. Yeah, I, I think it, it is an evolution. You know, you know, I think about it studying cultures and histories of people and how our society is structured and things that we see when we travel around different, different cities, different countries. Um, and you experience the reflection of that culture, you know what I'm saying? And what you see on the walls, you know, what you see, you know, in the way, you know, uh, uh, buildings are stru- structures and streets are laid out, you know, hip hop and the art, you know, from this form was the first time that I saw a reflection of me, you know, in that way, you know, it's, it's specific to my experience as a, again, as a black man in America, you know, as a black kid in America, like that style, the colors, the layout, the format, everything about it, even the delivery, you know, the creation of these forms in a way is a reflection or something that I connect with as a, as a black American, you know, mm-hmm. growing up when I was, you know, grew up in the, grew up in the church and I'd see church images, you know, that wasn't a reflection of me. Right. You know, I'd look through art history and I'd see all these other things that wasn't a reflection of me. 
you know, or I'd look, you know, go to museums and I see things that weren't reflections of me and my experience, but graffiti and hip hop and the music was that, and it's evolved. So even when I see stuff today, you know, that was just buffed out and some new artists, I may not know the name or whatever, but I'm like, this is the culture that I'm a part of. And I support seeing that. I don't see it as, as, um, you know, vandalism. I'm like, this is a reflection of my energy and my experience of this culture of America. Right, 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 right. You know, so so that's what stands out for me. I love that. You know, We're going to come right back, y'all. We're here with some great leaders, great influencers of culture, as well as uh, the specific breakdown to help us understand better the graffiti, bomber, tagger culture in hip hop. And uh, it goes beyond um, just what you see tagged on the walls. Yo, I'm Pastor Phil. Church on the Block. We'll be right back. You're listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Holy Culture Radio, CSXM 154. Come right back. We got more in store. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Man, we are here with some great leaders, man, talking about graffiti, uh, talking about tagging, bombing. Um, if you're a graffiti artist, if your family is, your kids, uh, get them uh, uh, close to this uh this box so you can uh, get some deep insight uh, about this gift of graffiti art and graffiti writers. What does that mean, writers? I know in Style, Style Wars or one of the other ones, Infinity, one of them showed a bunch of writers at the train and it was all tagging a bag, a, a, a book, like their name, they were, like they had the markers and they were tagging it up. So it's writing, and I'm saying this for, for, for folks to understand, is writing everything that's on the wall, whether it's an image or whether it's an actual word, is it, or is, it, is, there a, is there a difference in the two? I think that's a really good point because when I teach writing, I want to teach it as it was called and what we called ourselves. And phase two, uh, one of the founders of style in New York City, uh, the founder of the International Graffiti Times, the first super like newsletter, on the grounds newsletter we ever saw, wow. he said that graffiti was... He said, we're not graffiti writers. That's the name that society has put upon us. We call ourselves writers, right? And so it's very, and then of course you're talking like 60 years later, there are so many different uh, semantic descriptions and people that come into it, they just call themselves graffiti artists or taggers or so-and-so. And and that's totally cool. It's just important to know that history and that history is relevant because it also will tie you to other cultural connections. And I want to add to something that Heyman said, which is uh, a cultural evolution in the writing community, which has, has me concerned is that writing doesn't belong or come from the hood anymore. And, uh, and particularly the, you know, it does in uh, LA. Right. And I really would, I stress that, but 
as an African-American boy seen writing in my neighborhood, the criminalization of graffiti and in Chicago in particular, turning it in 1996 or 1997 from a misdemeanor into a felony. And then the criminalization of all spray paint markers that are wider than a quarter inch meant that a child, I would never have been able to be a writer the way I grew up because I wouldn't have been able to steal the spray paint or the markers because the store wouldn't even carry it or it's going to be chained up. And so it's a hurtful and a painful thing today when you walk out and you actually don't see as, as uh, very many black children that are, I mean, it's really like one in a million and you do see uh, the Latinx community has always been strong because there's also been a generational support like if you go to Little Village, it always amazes me that owners will give toys like New Jacks who are just coming up. They'll let them paint their wall. Wow. And I think there's something there's something about nurturing your community yeah. that has allowed it to rise there. But it has been very much uh, taken away. And it makes it breaks my heart that it's almost only through formalized mm. reach outs and instruction through programs that a, a kid where I came up would actually be able to access the art form. Are you saying it became a felony in the 1996? It's, yes, it all, it all matches up with gentrification efforts. I mean, it's almost like timely wow. when these laws and things are set in. Oh, and lastly, Ed Koch, if you remember, yep. he wasn't really a hater of graffiti. It's almost hilarious that he said, oh, I think uh, a graffiti writer gets caught, they should do three days in jail. But now we have people that have served three to five years in jail yeah. because of the felony offense. And uh, because Koch saw something a little different, I think, uh, as as a, trying to socially I mean, uh, change New York. I mean, Koch was just trying to get on the, on the docket. He was just trying to get become mayor. Right. I mean, he was like, it was all a political thing. That's the next thing I could ride on. You know, when you watch the get down, it's a powerful breakdown of how um, they use um uh, uh, that whole platform is this powerful show. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch to get down season one and two. So like David show dirty hands, right? He was, did he, was he in, was he in for um, a federal offense in that way? Um, well, we have kids from our own, this, <laughs> I don't know David show when, where, what, okay. but basically anyone that got arrested, I know, I know writers basically 96 to 99 wow. that started getting year, year long sentences. Wow. Um, and, and then longer. And then unfortunately with the, what was the introduction of the Patriot Act? Yeah. yeah. Then there were writers that were suddenly uh, arrested and deported Ooh. to a country they had never even seen wow. before. Because if you have a felony offense and you're not documented, you got to go. And I'm, and there are five writers that are grown men that had never seen their home countries that got shit back. Wow. Wow. Man. I want to hear something from Heyman. Yeah, Heyman. Ask Heyman. <laughs> yeah, Heyman, what are you about to say? <laughs> That's, I want to ask Heyman a dope question. I'm talking too much. <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, one of you got me thinking, Lavi, you know, you know, is this, is this all a society that responds to graffiti and, and expression in that way? Or is it individuals like what fuels, mm-hmm. you know, like criminalizing expression, you know, and then what do we do as, as people, you know, when we don't have a format to express who we are, you know, and it's not encouraged, you know, um, there is this practice in, 
street art or graffiti writing and, and all of that. It's like you're going to, in some way, acknowledge who I am visually, you know, from me putting my name on it because you're not acknowledging my presence and not considering my my situation, my living conditions, what's happened to my people who I represent. You know, so it's so interesting to me how society and particularly in America, because this is part of, again, my history. I've been living for 50 years like this is what has happened in America. Our voice, one, (laughs) you know, we got to express, we got to cause hell, we got to (laughs) interrupt to be heard, Mm -hmm. you know, or be seen in some way, you know, And, and there have been times in our history where that's criminalized you know we we we're locked up for expressing ourselves you know and then lobby again and then to tap in because i want to hear but i want to tap in also to the difference between in the black community like a latina community or or other communities where you know it's encouraged to create and express yourself a little bit more you know there's a different twist on it in the black community like is is this is it safe is it valuable you know literacy are so many different aspects, you know, that come into our experiences as particularly black people, um, you know, and, and some of the things that, that we, you know, that, that impact our, our voice, our creativity, you know, yeah. and, and we're divided on, you know, there's just, just, there's a lot of things that end up impacting. Um, but then, you know, like our result as artists is, well, I'm going to write my name on the, you know, on the side of the garbage can, you know, or I'm a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I'm a leave a sticker up, you know, or I'm a whatever, because this is my way of being seen and heard, you know? Right, 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 right. I mean, I think the reality of having a um, culture that's taking the voice away uh, of those who are the most marginalized, right. Is, is, is the most marginalized going to find a way to say and, and express what their pain is and the injustices that they feel though. And when, and it has not necessarily been always as traditional, but it's been right. It's been, it's been, it's been um, valid. And, 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 and you find, I think there rises up another community of folks who say, that's exactly what I'm feeling. How do you do that? Let me get, get me, let me get with y'all. And it creates this, you know, really an overground, but they call it underground in a way that is um, um, a, a, a place to breathe. I mean, even our hip hop was birthed right in New York with the cross Bronx expressway, you know, building this bridge between, you know, Queens and, in New York and just just dis, dis, dis lodging hundreds of thousands of people. Um, that was unfair. And then crack epidemic and folks were just like, yo, we got a voice. This is, this is not right. And I think the graffiti writing or writing is, is uh, creating um, the same uh, emphasis. I think, I think it's, it's, it's not, it's not um, seen in that way uh, oftentimes uh, to be appreciated until Somebody says uh, something about it with some weight. Uh, let's put Banksy stuff in a museum. And so all of a sudden it becomes, wow, there was so many more Banksy's all around this neighborhood that, that are there. Right. In the context of who then says this is, um, you know, uh, what I want to see or <laughs> whatever the case may be. Hey, Phil, I'm, I'm going to throw something at you. Like, you know, this is church on the block. Isn't there an Old Testament uh, story about, you know, God writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. God was writing on all kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> right. I think that there's a story where, you know, there's some stuff going down 
Yep. You know, it, and there's a hand on the wall, right on the wall, and the king reads it and dies. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, so there's there's stories and examples of the power, you know, of, of expressing yourself, you know, in whatever way, you know, mm-hmm. um, but putting it on on the buildings, on the places where we dwell and walk past um, that points to sometimes you know, social injustice or, or whatever, or again, just acknowledgement. Cause I think even in that story, if I remember, forgive my biblical history, <laughs> you know, but it was about their, the, the, the power exactly. that be wasn't doing right. Exactly right. <laughs> you, you know, right. And, and, and some, something was written on the wall to, to draw attention, yep. you know, to, to, to the factors mm-hmm. that was impacting the society. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Man, that was dope. First thing that I always tell talk to my students about is just remembering that graffiti in this basis is illegal. It is resistance. Mm. That's it, right? And then taking that to the voices of inner city children who who the founders of the movement and spread it. And uh the 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 movement that goes to Palestine, they call themselves existence is resistance. And just in a way, just showing you are there. This was, you know, it's funny in the 80s, they were talking about this youth subcultures, you know, writing and, and punk music and these crazy cursing rappers and all these things. But it was y- young people that were inserting themselves right. into the social narrative mm. where they where they I'd never have a voice. And then the other thing is um, the uh, I was thinking about there's something major that's happening now. Uh where politically the generation that grew up with hip hop or founding hip hop mm-hmm. too are in political positions of power. And so like, for example, we asked to paint Pilsen a million times to have like, you know, just to paint it. Right. And then the first thing they did this example of the horrible equation was they brought in, they put out an application. They opened an international artist wow. and all these artists that weren't from Pilsen came out. They did the first murals out there and the community was in an uproar. This is like the heaven of muralists are over there that live there right. in general, not just writers. But then a new other person came in, older woman, if I remember correctly. And one of her workers is a, a graffiti writer. And he said, Hey, all these viaducts, man, just all this wall, let us paint it. Mm. Let us paint it. And she comes from a generation that appreciates it mm. and doesn't see it as uh, the aesthetic being a threat to your right. position of power mm. and privilege. And she said, come on. And the same thing in South Chicago. Right now, Detail is leading the the movement of getting South Chicago painted and celebrated mm. by doing the meeting of styles there. The first one, three years ago, the Alderman, brand new Alderman, I think uh, 40-something, low 40-something year old. And she was like, "This is." she's crying. She's like, this is incredible. I've never seen anybody do this. We are never going to stop. Wow. that's And, we, and, 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 and we're going to keep doing it, yeah. right? And so, and so it's, but now this puts the juxtaposition of like the illegal is actually finally being celebrated by our own communities, right? right? And now then also it's like, well, we don't also want to sell out the art because the seed is illegal and young people taking a stand and just doing what the hell they want. <laughs> and I, like, I'm going to say about youth and coming into the poly- political artwork, 
is a writer once told me, he said, when you're young, you write from the heart. You're doing it just passionately to get up. Then you, you begin to write from the brain because you start to think about what you're painting or you're training yourself as a skilled artisan or you're thinking about the content. And one of the uh, one of the one of the things that I love is, you know, when a mural is saying the right thing mm-hmm. because they will rush to destroy it. Wow. When you're saying something that truly is a threat, right? You will go back. And I'll give an example of that when we, when we talk again. You, They will be there the next day to buff it. When, you know, we did a while about the gentrification of, uh, of Bronzeville. Yeah. Man, that ultimate came up in her gold Jaguar and was like, why are you painting glass buildings that with wasps? carrying them. And she was like, who said you could do this? And it's like, actually, uh, you said we could do it, but you didn't know. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Yo, church on the block. We're talking about hip hop, the church and the streets, but we are deep in it. Talk about writers and the, the reality of its transform- transformative work uh, against the powers that be. Yo, we'll be right back. Church on the block. We'll talk about hip hop, the church and the streets. Yo, this is Pastor Phil. I just came back from tagging up a boy. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> right now, man, we are talking to some great leaders, great artists about writers. You may refer this as graffiti writers or taggers or bombers. Oftentimes, we, there's a, uh, you know, a lot more uh, conversation about uh, other elements of hip hop in certain circles, right? Um, I don't know if there is a writer's award show, but there's always hip hop award shows, but it never really leaves room for the for the for the writers, right? And so this is one of the emphasis of what we're talking about right now. We were on some hot, juicy <laughs> conversations at the last part. Hey, man, you had some stuff you were about to bring up, man. Um, you know yeah. about what Lobby was bringing down. Yeah, I think. I think an example of how I think this style and this approach to to public art, graffiti and hip hop, you know, there's an example, you know, that we've been a part of through the firehouse where um, we've done these pop up murals and, you know, we've worked with kids from the community, you know, to put these paintings on four by eight foot boards and put them up in vacant lots on the west side of Chicago in Lawndale. Um, And that style you know, which is, you know, it's very distinct. It stands out. It's a certain aesthetic, you know, the way the letters are, you know, written, you know, or painted, Right. you know, right. the outlines, the thick outlines, the fields, you know, all of this approach. And these are, you know, we've given kids an opportunity who may not be a part of a crew or maybe a part of a crew, whatever, but we've been able to provide them a canvas, so to speak, to respond mm-hmm. to, you know, to the conditions of that community. And so, for the last, you know, at least eight years, every summer we've been doing this, you know, and the community values this artwork. You know, you drive up and down 16, 16th Street in Lawndale and you see these boards that yeah. have these messages, yeah. you know, in these bright colors, you know, painted with stuff that you pick up from the hardware store. <laughs> you know, it's that whole feel of using everyday materials from the hardware store to express right. yourself. That's, 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 that's the life, you know, that's getting up, you know, that's all of that, you know, and it encourages again, the power of creativity and your voice to transform the community. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it, 
you know, it piggybacks. It's connected to the things that Lavi and Cruz and what he's talking about, this history, you know, um, that nowadays is really, really relevant to, you know, to expressing what the community is, is going through. How have you seen like folks, young people that you work with, uh, Heyman, um, like light bulbs kick in when they when they're when they when they're um, started to engage in that? Well, it's, it's, you know, through our programs, it's like license. We're giving them license, <laughs> you know, license to ill. You know, it's like license to to, to ha- come up with your message, come up with your voice, pick your colors, you know. And for a lot of artists in our program, sometimes it, be, it may be the first time that they ever touch the can. You know, it's the first time they ever used a, a paint marker. They didn't even know paint markers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't even know you could do this, you know. And so it sparks and wakes up and encourages, you know, the risk taking of, of of expressing yourself, you know, and being creative and thinking yeah. outside the box. And then it encourages further um, exploration again into what's possible through your creative voice. You know, and then we're able to really start to identify artists who really have a talent or want to continue and put them in place to maybe consider a career in graphic design or consider, you know, going into fashion or music or whatever, because they've touched, you know, just, just for, you know, a semester, you know, making art that's going to go up in your community and be seen and experienced by all. So you see that yeah. light go on. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Cause young Terry on is like jumped into that, you know, um, and other artists, other artists, I just you know Terry on, cause he's like, I want to go to school for this now and, and, and even more, you know, yeah, absolutely. tell me about the styles that when people see something on the wall and they're appreciating it, they learn to appreciate it, that are, that, that writers use, what are the different styles? And, and, and I know we got some images we're going to show, but like, like, what would you, yeah, just help. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a language uh, for, for what we do. So first I just want to go through the basic evolution, right. Of the form. So it starts with the tag, which is the signature. Then that tag evolved a couple different directions, but Barbara and Eva 62 were the first that did an outlined tag. Mm. So they did what would be called a piece, the first piece. Ah. Then before a piece, and we all know bubble letters, right? Bubble letters and graffiti are called throw-ups. So you got your tag, your throw-up, what later began to be called a fill-in, which is a readable bombing style, but it's not a throw-up, right? So you can read it well, like the facts that you see everywhere. Uh. Then there's the piece. And the piece is usually a multicolored uh, letter development, but that piece can then take on different styles. So what I've been taught is that there's the funk style and a funk style is particularly uh, descended from New York. And those are readable dope pieces, but like you could walk up and no one has to be like, man, what does that say? Like we can look at it and be like, oh, it says pastor, but it's, it's, it's complicated. You know, it has multiple colors, right? Then there's a style which is predicated by a bunch of the, the writers from black writers from Europe and then writers from the West Coast, which is new wave. And what new wave is, is simply abstract. Like mm. I asked, I was painting with neon and I was like, he's a new wave writer. And I said, man, what? I said, what? Where are your letters? He said, well, that's the N. That's the, that's the E. 
and the O's over there somewhere, right? And I was like, I was like, okay, all right. And then, and so that's when you like you. It doesn't necessarily have to follow a form. Mm. And then there are the wild styles, right? And the wild style is basically a complicated, a more complicated and detailed interweaving. And this really would take you to the illuminated script, where if you take a preeminent wild style from our day, you can put it next to the mastery of Arabic calligraphy, mm. wild styles wow. of the Celtic, the Celtic design. They were braiding before anybody overlaps, underlaps, everything, putting animals and faces on the ends of letters and making letters illuminated script come to life. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and so and so and and those would basically be your your central the types and then the styles that you do. And you know, I personally take pride in being a wild style technician, mm. a wild style specialist. As with my history of bombing, I know how to do every element. I love doing readables. Unfortunately, I'm always asked to do readables. People are like, man, can you put the increase the piece? And I'm like, of course, I'll do the increase the piece. Okay. Why can't you do the increase the piece? Because you got that nice time, Tom's Roman, you know, you could do that. Perfect. I'm like, I'll do it because I can do it in minutes. Yeah. But a wild style, what I also tell people is that. A wild style, you can see the funk. You can see the new wave within it. Uh. Because if you eliminate the architecture that's been built around that style, you can see the center letters, right? Those center letters go back to an essential tag that's been blown up. And then someone continued to elaborate and layer and layer and layer. And a wild style is basically that you you don't have to ever stop layering, right? Mm. And it'll be a mystery at first. But I can guarantee you that when you become familiar with an individual style, then you suddenly be like, oh, I, I, I dig it. I know now that with that L, that shape format, I know Oh, I see the D, but you have to see it a few times and, and study it and get familiar with it. Wow. So those would be the differences. I, I think it's so interesting. Love. Thank, thank you for saying that. Like as you were as you were sharing, just thinking about like when you see things like that, it's like a visual meal. You know, it's like your 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 eyes are are consuming, <laughs> you know, these markings, these shapes, and and you know, again, you know, appreciating having made the art and, and loving to see the art, it speaks to my soul, my subconscious. Like it speaks to that part of me. It's like a visual vibration, you know, mm-hmm. you know that this particular style. Um, and this particular experience brings that again as a black American. There was a time when you know I started I started looking into Hebrew lettering. You know, you you mentioned Arabic and all of this, you know, and and the making of these letters. Talk about being living words, you know, living written. Mm-hmm. You know, it's living like there's a life to it. And again, I think that speaks to when you see it, it, it lives, it transforms, it starts to guide your thinking. It starts to, you consume it, it, co- it becomes a part of you and all of that, you know, and, and I love the power of art and creativity as human beings that we can create meaning mm-hmm. and connection through the way we put things together. And this, the graffiti style is, is, and hip hop is, is, it does that, you know, it does that for me. And I think it does that for, you know, for our black and brown communities in a way that transforms, that transforms. So. Yes. Yes. I mean, hip hop in its, in its uh, lyrical content oftentimes is coded language. 
right? From thug life to um, mm-hmm. everything else. And so you got to know, oh, he's saying, I mean, it's a master story, storyteller who, who you know, oh, oh, I see he used, he used presents, but then he said, in a presence, I'm giving you a present. Oh my God, what is he saying? There's some simple, simple ways of that, but in the context of, you know, writers, I, I believe, doing the same thing, especially if there's an intent on speaking truth to power, right? You're going to flip some stuff around and um, cause you to think two or three times, be convicted, pull up in your, well, I pull up in my 2011 Honda CIV, be like, what are y'all doing over there tagging this thing? <laughs> there's no, um, there's no excuse. Now, once you so- see that, you're now accountable to that. You're accountable to what was tagged, what was put on that wall, and you have to do something about it, right? You have to either be fuss at it or, or find a way to to, to address it. Um, but uh, people are comfortable in being comfortable. You know, they just, just they, you know, um, or they're comfortable oftentimes more so in discomfort. <laughs> they're uncomfortable in new possibilities. That's the thing. The, the new possibilities, most people are comfortable in discomfort, but they're uncomfortable and new possibilities. Hey, man, you're smart. You did good in high school. Why don't you go to college? Oh, my gosh. I got to be by myself. I got to be on a dorm. I don't, but the, you can blow this up. You can, you know, why don't you, why don't you take this career path? So I say that when, when writers are tagging stuff to create that discomfort, it's saying, yo, there's a new possibility if we yeah. just dove into this injustice. If we dove into this, yo, equity. What about equity? What about education? What about education that's just not about from the power down, but from the people up? Oh, my gosh. What a new thinking. Well, we can't do that because I get paid uh, to do this. And I can't. I got a kid in college. I, I, got, a, I got a mortgage. I wanted to mention something that's uh, been a, a dangerous impact on writing, which mm. is the uh, the appropriation of our art forms. Mm. And the street art movement, What I, I love it. I can't remember the brother's name, but a dude in Europe just started bombing all these murals. He was like, it's graffiti versus you because- what is what happened is that this I give you the, I'll tell you this, this what happened in Chicago and I'm embarrassed because even though I love this brother, it was one of my mentees. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if it was 99 or something when IBM did that bombing campaign downtown where they hire people to bomb IBM on the ground downtown. Ooh. Well, what I found out was they had the my my friend had researched and found out what would be the fine cost, what would be the way to get you out of jail, how many of these can we you afford, IBM afford. And so basically IBM paid, because they could, pay for like 500 bombings, right? Uh, and and that that began something that scared the hell out of me because look at what you see now, these trains that are encased in advertisements, who did that first? Mm. Who did that first? Right. Those were young people from the hood that were putting up these illustrations, right? Wow. And then uh, and then other concern is then who is if it's not brown black children doing it, who's taking over? It's actually been a middle and upper class white male universe. Mm. Wow. And a number uh, there's a number of them, and I'm not hating on the others, who started after they were 21. They didn't start as children. Yeah. And as an adult with access, with yeah. the, you could, I, any adult with access can pick up a medium and learn it quickly and become a master of the aesthetic that is prominent. Right. But it doesn't mean that it came from a place of struggle or yeah. consciousness or putting yourself at risk or interacting with a multicultural community in ways that you never have. So we have to be very wary yeah. of what 
is being nurtured. You know, riders being asked to paint dog parks when before that dog park was buffed right. and when a rider did a permission while on that park wow. 12 years ago <laughs> because it didn't fit the aesthetic. Uh-huh. But now it's hip. Man, that's some dope history. Yo, you listen to Church on the Block, man. I want people to know where they can reach you guys. Can you send uh, right now real quick um, just your handle, uh, IG handle, Facebook, MySpace, whatever you use. All right. I'll go first because most of mine is dry. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, my social media presence is not that uh, hopping. But you can Google your boy. <laughs> you can Google. Okay. You can you Google go. Heyman Cross the Third, and you know, you know, examples of projects that I've done. You know, because a lot of stuff that I do um, is is collaborative based. You know, so you could check it out there. You know, just just Google your boy Heyman Cross the Third, and it'll come up and it'll show you some stuff. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bet. And then uh, my IG is uh, Style Killers. And um, and you can also Google my name. And I chose the name Style Killers in the point of uh, the prairie being burnt so that the new seeds can grow. Yeah. It's actually vital that we kill our own styles so that we grow new within and so the next generation can come up and that our generation be willing to sacrifice. So you can find me on IG there. And I'll say this too. IG sucks because you can't put big pieces on IG. Yeah. Like, Right. I was like, I have 60 foot long pieces. I could put them up there when it when it came into being. Then three years later, I couldn't even yeah. put a big piece up. Yeah, they want those real. squares and now they just want reels. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know, they, they can use your stuff if you post it. That's another thing about Instagram. If you put stuff on it, they can use your stuff. They can take wow. it. Somebody they have rights to it. They got rights. So that's Man. that's another podcast for another. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yo. <laughs> Let me drop these bars on y'all real quick. Dropping bars. Man, there was a young couple about to get married, and they both came to their parents. The, the young man came to his dad and said, I got a secret. I don't know if this is going to affect my, my, my marriage. The father said, what is it? He said, my feet stank. My feet are stanky. He said, they've been, been that way since she was a shorty. Uh, what do I do? I'm, get, I'm about to get married. So what you do is you come home, kiss your wife, don't do too much, go right in the bathroom, Take your shoes off, wash them, put them in a plastic bag, and then you know put them outside, and 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 you'll be able to do that every night, and then go to bed with socks on. Cool. Um, the wife went to her mom. I got a secret. What do I do? I'm about to get married. She said, "What is what? Is, what are you talking about? My breath stank." She's like, "I know your breath was taken since you was a shorty. What do I do?" So in the morning time, don't kiss your husband. Go right in the bathroom, Listerine, brush, do the floss, everything like that. When you come home at night, do the same thing before you go to bed. Great, thank you. The wedding comes. The marriage is beautiful. The wedding day is beautiful. They're married now about six months and they're in the bed and about three in the morning, she's moving around um, and he gets up like what's what's he recognizes one of his socks is off on the bed though. He's like, oh, snap, what's going on? She's moving around. He says, what's going on? And she says, he, he turns around to her and says, what are you doing? She says, what do you mean? And her hot breath blew him away. He's like, oh no, she ate one of my socks. She ate one of my socks. The truth is, we all got secrets. We all got secrets. Don't hide your secrets before God. God knows us. He loves us. He cares for us. And in those secrets, if you're not careful, they'll eat you away. God says, you are created in my image. You are created for my glory. I'll take your secret. I'll carry you away. Yo, this is Pastor Phil. Those are those bars. Church on the block. Thank you for listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. 
Back here next week, same time, same channel, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, channel 154. Come with us. Tell them it's crazy in these streets.